Three, two, one. This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolfenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by UFC Fit and Temecula, Golden Road Brewery, Charger Bolt Family, Tick Pick, and Bet Online. If this is your first time watching the show, where have you been? Number one, we've been here for a minute now, but in the peak of the NFL draft season, day one is in the books. Uh, if you are following us, of course, make sure to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. You can follow us, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and of course, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Dan, day one of the draft has come and gone. We expected chaos. We expected a shit show. We expected craziness. And it was only fitting that the draft was in Las Vegas this year because in the city of sin, all of that <laughs> took place <laughs> when you saw the way that this draft unfolded. Mayhem, chaos, anarchy. I loved it. Man, uh, the Chargers got their guy. The first day of the NFL draft is in the books. Lots to discuss today. Last night was absolute havoc. You're right. Uh, it went bananas. Um, Things went the way the Chargers would have liked in some scenarios. Things went the way we would not have liked in some scenarios. So today, we're going to talk about all things Zion Johnson, what that pick means to the Chargers. We'll also talk about kind of what's next for the team, like who we expect the team to go after, who are some guys that we like in round two and round three for this day two. Uh, But Jake, I was there with you. Day one, clock starts. Right off the bat, we waste no time. Pick number one, Trayvon Walker, a sign of what things were coming because it felt like there were times where we were sweating as a Chargers fan base. Oh, there were times we were rejoicing. But I gotta, I'm not gonna lie, that time from like 10 to 15 was gut check time for me in many regards. It was. And, you know, for, for the, about the first 10 picks, it, the the waters were just calm, you know. Certain players, you know, the, the names were in the top ten were pretty much the same. You maybe just didn't expect them to go in certain places, but overall, as far as the names that were associated with the top ten picks, went pretty much there. <laughs> then, then, <laughs> then, <laughs> it's like someone someone made a call and said, "Hey, man, we we need some we need some chaos." What can you do for us? Hades, what can you do for us down here? Come on, we need something. <laughs> and sure enough, all hell just broke loose at that point in time. Yeah, the Detroit it, it, Lions trading up from 32 to 12 to take Jamison Williams. You had big Saints jump. trading up from their position to get Chris Olave. Uh, and then everything really started moving just as far as who was going to be left on the board. And Dan... After Seattle took Charles Cross at pick number nine, I saw two possibilities at that point in time. I was telling you and the rest of the guys there at the draft party, the only other possibilities that I could see Trevor Penning being selected before us, because obviously I didn't want that as a possibility at all for the Chargers when we were on the clock, was either Baltimore or the Saints, if they were going to stab Penn. This, of course, was before the trade ended up taking place for them for Chris Olave. So the sweat for me started at pick number nine. And as it fell, and especially as we saw Kenyon Green go to the Houston Texans at 14, just before that the Chargers. Was, 
we were put in an awkward position. Dan, I put my head to the floor when I'm listening to Goodell say his first <laughs> sentence with the 17th pick, the Chargers select. And already in my head, I'm already starting to say the, the name Trevor Penning because I'm just expecting that that's what it's going to be. And curveball, there's someone smart in the Chargers organization because they picked Zion Johnson. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Zion Johnson. I literally thought... All the tea leaves that we have followed, everything that if, you know, for whatever, I mean, you should be listening to Daniel Popper as far as, especially when it comes around draft time, because he definitely knows what he's talking about. And he said flat out, if any one of the four tackles are remaining for the Chargers at 17, that that was the surefire bet that they were going to do. And sure enough, we have been hearing these recurring stories that the Chargers had another plan at offensive tackle. If it made sense for them, that they could move Matt Filer to right tackle. Uh, and we'll get into this in a little bit as far as the overall details. But Zion Johnson plugging him in and being part of this offensive line that includes Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, Rashawn Slater. Wow. Wow. Now, before we get into kind of the discussion topics of this, I do want to make this clear. Jake, and I don't want to speak for you, Jake. I'll speak for myself and I'll let you give you take the floor next. I am very happy that at 17. With the players left, the Chargers picked Zion Johnson. I think he was the he was the best player available on my board, and it makes me I'm very excited that the Chargers actually went BPA instead of reaching for someone. You heard uh, Brandon Staley in this press conference talking about like we don't want to reach for a guy. Uh, there was that quote unquote worst case scenario that I'd put out previously about like worst case scenario is all of our you know home run. Uh, moonshot picks, i.e. Rashawn Slater last year, all those types of guys, the Trevor, the the Crosses, the Stingleys, the Williams, people like that, those guys all went. And so then after that, all right, who's the next best player? And it was, to me, it felt like it was going to be Penning, McDuffie, or Zion. And I think collectively, all of Chargers fan base was just, it seemed like, at least looking on Twitter, just please don't be penning. Like, I felt like everyone was like, as long as it's not penning, we're good. And in my eyes, the Chargers went out and got the best interior offensive lineman in the draft, even though he was technically the second one picked. I would take Zion over the other guy. This guy's a beast, man. I don't think he's allowed, what, like two pressures? His in, like, all of the la- all of last season? He's, in my eyes, I mean, I, I was, I've seen highlights of him play left tackle. I've seen highlights of him play guard. I've seen highlights of him mauling people, wide open seas, it seemed like. Uh, he's not only going to be a protector for Justin Herbert, obviously Austin Eckler, but I think he's going to, like you said, kind of steady the offensive line. And when you're building for a franchise that wants to compete year in and year out, you hear Brandon Stadium talk about it. You have to win in the trenches. And you can argue they got the strongest guy in the draft for the interior of the offensive line. And with that... You can't be upset with it. You just can't. Now, are you over the moon excited? Is that the best play the Chargers could have possibly drafted in this entire draft? No. But did they make the right pick at 17? 100%. Before I get into my thoughts on this, speaking of the right pick, we want to just remind our listeners that our partners over at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoff, on UFC fights, and even the season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB, of course, is back and well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Dan, do you have a, do you have a choice? I would like to say the Padres at this point. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgers fan is your continued source for all your sports <laughs> wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Uh, it's super easy to get started, so make sure that you go to the website today and use your mobile device to join and use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your uh, your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Dan, back to your overall assessment of this. Given the way that we figured the, the how the board was going to go, we all had our long shot picks as far as who, who would have been the dream scenarios, who we really, really, really would have wanted to have there. A, a, a Derwin James type of a moment of him falling that far or a Rashawn Slater moment from last year of him falling to there. Jordan Davis Johnson. all of a sudden... You're right, exactly. You know, Jordan Davis for a minute there started to look like he, he was going to fall. Uh, it's the run on the wide receivers that was <laughs> that was gone like that. I mean that, and honestly, that's what I expected. I truly believed that without any trades, at least three wide receivers are going to go, and then the trades came, and you were only left with Traylon Burks there. So I didn't see the value in selecting him as much as I'm a fan of Traylon Burks. I didn't see the value there at 17. And then, of course, with the tackle situation, you have Trevor Penning, who's the last of the big four there. A lot of criticism. Again, I, I hope from the standpoint of his career that he can get it fixed. But for what this team needs as far as the immediate starter goes, I know he was just taking a couple picks after the Chargers selected. Ultimately, the Saints ended up getting their wide receiver and their left tackle to replace Teron Armstead. But when you look at an overall skill set as far as football IQs, and Dan, like you mentioned, the the aspects of pressure, interior offensive line prowess, getting to the second level, and ultimately versatility, which is something that the Chargers have valued in their players, no matter what position it is, for years now. This was the logical pick with who was going to be remaining on the board. The Chargers couldn't get that aggressive because they had already traded away a second-round pick for the Khalil Mack trade. So you didn't have that much ammunition ammunition to work with. And personally, with the other teams that were trading up for wide receivers, you probably would have been outbid by some of these other teams. On the flip side of things, for the people like myself who were looking for a trade-down scenario, when you look at what New England did at 21, with them trading back all the way to 29 and ultimately selecting Cole Strange, I personally believe that Zion Johnson was their target at 21. And the Chargers really screwed that up for them. (laughs) Really screwed that up. So if you were to trade back and you were hoping to still get Zion Johnson, you know, in the early 20s, you probably wouldn't have gotten him. So this was the sweet spot, especially with Kenyon Green going just two picks before you. This was the opportunity to get your guy. And now you have another staple to protect Justin Herbert for the next decade. I thought this was a great selection by the Chargers. It was a great selection. And I do want to give just like a minute or two for uh, the folks who are kind of on each side of the aisle when it comes to either like they're through the roof, excited, and then the folks who are kind of like wondering like what they should feel. And I've I've seen it a bit and, and I wanted to kind of just shout out for a second. There, there's like this chasm between the excitement and like the fever of people who are so upset. I don't understand it. And then they're kind of like going back and forth and like, I can't believe you thought this was, Oh, this was good. It's good. Okay. When I watch, and again, this is my personal opinion. When I watched the press conference of Telesco and Staley right after the pick was done, not only did they both look exhausted, but they also, in my eyes, didn't seem like they were 
you know, through the roof, over the moon, excited like they were when they got a Rashawn Slater. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't like the pick. It doesn't mean that. But it also doesn't mean that that's the guy that they wanted all along when the draft started. And I think that there's something to be said about, like, it's okay. Like, do I think this is an A-plus pick for the Chargers? No. Like, I think a Charles Cross would be A-plus. I think having some other guys that you could have probably gotten at a better quote-unquote value, if if they quote-unquote fell, would have been an A-plus. But is it the right pick for the Chargers? Absolutely. And I see it as they did the right thing at 17. But if you're upset or if you're kind of wishing that they would have gotten some of those other guys, like, that's okay. Like, that's okay. But there isn't – I don't think anyone who says this is a bad pick doesn't understand what it takes to succeed in the in the NFL. Like, you can't be upset getting the best interior offensive lineman for your generational quarterback to go alongside of Corey Lindsley, Rashawn Slater, and Matt Filer. You can't be upset. Look, is – and this is why I always I feel bad for offensive linemen in this circumstance, regardless of whether it's a tackle. There are people or too. There are people too. I know they're not the sexy pick. I get that. All right. And you know, to me, there were two players left on the board as far as the smart, safe decision to go with, and that was either Trent McDuffie, who had been linked to the Chargers in a lot of different mock drafts. A lot of people were predicting that they could go corner there. And trust me, Trent McDuffie was my CB three. I love Trent McDuffie. But, Dan, as you said, the Chargers had a major gap to fill when they came into this at right tackle. It was still unknown at that point in time whether Ode Abushi was going to be coming back at right guard. You don't know what's going to happen with the Trey Pipkin, Storm Norton situation right now. Obviously, that's a lot in flux. How are you going to move around your offensive line? Right now, what the selection of Zion Johnson does is that it definitely gives you the stability and the continuity that we've been talking about on the left side of the line for Justin Herbert. So you don't have to make another makeshift offensive line. And as Tom Telesco stated last night, their plan as of now is for Jion Johnson to start at right guard. What that means for the right tackle position, that's yet to be determined. We'll figure that out at a later time. But as far as investing again in your offensive line for your generational quarterback have we forgotten so quickly when we have a future hall of famer the man who used to wear number 17 who probably is sitting back at his home right now going my god i would have loved to have some protection like this when i was playing and now in two years with your first round selections you've done it again and you've fortified and you've given it more protection and more power possibly in the run game. If you've looked up Zion Johnson's run blocking statistics, they're pretty fucking good. (laughs) So if you haven't looked at them yet, please do just to give yourself a little bit of more confidence in the pick. But to your point, Dan, look, every fan base goes through this, whether it's this or that. And there is a point where it's in the middle. And when you look at the scenario, the way that the way that the board fell and with what the Chargers were ultimately limited in doing as far as moving the board, no second round pick. This was a smart, safe decision and one that will end up paying dividends. I know everybody wanted the damn wide receiver or they wanted the safety or they wanted the corner or just the flashy guy. Trust me. This pick will end up paying major dividends for this offense and Justin Herbert. 
Yeah, like I said, I, th- I think it was the safe. I think it was a smart pick, and it was kind of interesting because they had him, McDuffie, and Penning on the board, and one of those things is not like the other two. And I think Penning would have been absolutely the bigger risk, and it wasn't even a question. Uh, there was a bunch. Jermaine Johnson was still on the board. Like, imagine if they went Trevor Penning over any of those guys. Like, it, we would be in our feelings today, and you and I both literally. Where fingers crossed, head to the floor, like, please, for the love of God, just pick the right guy. Or at least don't look, pick the wrong guy. Don't pick the wrong look, guy. Look, if, if you think that Dan and I were stressed, which we were, I had a good friend of mine who was a Tennessee Titans fan at this trip. Oh! <laughs> who decided to break the news specifically before it broke on NFL Network about the trade of A.J. Brown. And he literally freaked out. Looked like he was going to leave the draft party. Cry. Like we were just really like, no, 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 don't go. What are you doing? And he sat on that couch. And when they ultimately took Traylon Burks, I, I, he didn't say a word the rest did of the you, night. Jake, did you notice? So did you notice when they picked upset. him? When they picked him, did you notice that the cop for Traylon Burks was, <laughs> was originally AJ Brown? Brown? <laughs> yeah. And and to see that video of Mike Vrabel just pacing back and oh. forth with a disgusted look on his face in the war room. I mean, my God, I'm just saying it could be a lot worse. Just remember that it could be a yes. lot worse. Yes. And it is interesting. I think the one thing that was kind of um, not puzzling, but I think got people kind of a little uh, questioning was in the press conferences afterwards, it talked about Matt Filer staying at left guard. And everyone's like, all right, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that Trey Pipkins is going to be starting at right tackle? Does that, like, Storm Norton? What is it going to be? And, again, we still have two more days left of the draft. We still have free agency out there. There's still a long time to go. But like Jake alluded to, there's a lot of flexibility that this pick gives you. Let's say your right tackle flames out, whether it's Pipkins or Norton. You still got Filer, okay? There's still options here. But imagine if the Chargers didn't go offensive line at 17. Like, the whole right side is a question mark. And it went from that to having the best guy in the interior on the right side. Like, uh, we'll take it. So, to put a bow on it, Chargers get Zion Johnson, number 17 overall. Uh, We should all be celebrating. Is it the sexiest pick that most people thought that they would love to have fall to us, quote-unquote? No. But as the board fell... Zion Johnson was arguably the safest, highest floor pick they could have. And for a team that's all in, Jake, you have to have someone that you can't miss pick there. And I don't think I don't think that they could possibly miss on Zion Johnson. I just don't see it. No. So, so Jake, day two. There's a ton of people. One quarterback goes in round one. There's a ton of guys that I think as we were going through our kind of positional breakdowns, are still available, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. And now, will a Chargers stay at 79 and move up, or will they move up? Who knows? But I kind of want to get into, like, all right, what's next? So, into your offensive line, that checkbox is filled. Where do you think, before we get into, like, who our guys are to kind of keep an eye out for, like, where do you see them going, position-wise, in day two specifically? It's it's pretty much similar with the position that they were in with their first round pick. There are so many different directions they could go, all dependent on, of course, how the board ultimately ends up falling to them. Now, they obviously don't have a second round pick, so this <laughs> waiting for the second round to end and getting to the the Chargers' next pick at seventy nine, 
is going to feel like a damn eternity, especially when you're going to hear some of these names go off the board before the Chargers have an opportunity to be selected. Mm-hmm. But it really all depends on how the board's going to fall. I've heard people uh, mock Abraham Lucas to the Chargers if he happens to be there at 79. Could the Chargers be done at, at, at offensive line? I don't think that they could be done depending on who's there. But as to your point, Dan, yes, I also don't believe that Abraham Lucas is going to last till pick 79. I just don't see it. Could it be cornered? That, to me, is a more realistic possibility. I could see them definitely doing it with the way that this cornerback class is 100%. If the right one is there, a la one of Dan's favorites and Kobe Bryant. Um, other guys that I think is – what the interesting part about this is, and I was talking to Alex about this yesterday on Guilty as Charged, was you know there, there are people that – Originally, we would believe before we really delve deep into this that have, oh, yeah, he's got a third or a fourth round grade. And then as we really start getting into it, we're like, oh, no, 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 they're not going to last until <laughs> until that subject, you know, that certain round. But uh, yeah, I mean, DB is definitely a possibility depending on where that falls. Dan, wide receiver may be the most enticing one. And mm-hmm. we were both a little bit surprised to see, especially with how many ended up going in the first round, that the names of Sky Moore, Christian Watkins were still available on the board. Neither Green Bay nor Kansas City ended up taking a wide receiver in the first <laughs> round, which was kind of surprising. Uh, so this is this could definitely be a little bit of a good situation for the Chargers, given that they're not off the board already. Give you a little bit of leeway as you get into the third round. So is there the possibility of Calvin Austin? being available there at 79 me personally i don't see it i think he's, he's no. well gonna be well off the board yeah to trade up to get him right and again remember what it is that you're the charters are looking for here essentially a wide receiver three with speed and yak ability so is that an alec pierce who ran a 4-4-1 at the combine um you know i mean who knows who who, who knows what's who's possibly going to be there um out for danny gray there's a but ton yes, of exactly Rondell right. robinson there's a ton of right guys. keep yeah keep naming them dan i mean there could be a ton of possibilities there so that to me probably seems the most intriguing do i still think that they're going to end up addressing their linebacker situation given the health updates of kenneth murray right now i do and again that's this is totally circumstantial depending on who the player is there when we had Alex on from PFF, uh, he had said Chad Muma for the Chargers at 79 no, would Austin, be a home run. Austin, yeah. Or I'm sorry, Austin, excuse me. Um, he had said Chad Muma was gonna, would be a home run pick for them if he happened to be there at three. And I agree with that. I Again, take another off-ball linebacker. Pe- people may have their subjective opinions on that, but that's a good player to have if you're, if you're targeting linebacker. Or, hey, a position that we've been talking about since the season ended how about fortifying that defensive line by getting one more dude in there? And trust me, there's still plenty of interior defensive linemen that could possibly be available at number 79. Yeah. So th- there's a few guys, like, I mean, we didn't even talk about it yet, but like running back, you know, I think that's a sneaky pick potentially. If there's one of those like top tier guys that falls, like imagine if like a, a James Cook is there, like that would be enticing. Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall. Like, I think you're going to have to trade up for some of those guys if you were to, but. They could potentially go running back. Uh, receiver, I was looking at my list of what we did for our top 10, Jake. My wide receiver, 6, 7, 9, and 10 are still available. So George Pickens, which I love George Pickens. I had totally forgotten that George Pickens <laughs> wasn't selected. I totally forgot George Pickens, that. Christian Watson, John Mechie, Calvin Austin third. Those guys are all my top 10. All are available. Then you got guys who, again, if we'd have to trade up for these guys, but like a Sky Moore, 
is still available. Wondell Robinson might still be there. Khalil Shakir out of Boise State, love him. Bo Melton, Danny Gray is a freaking burner. All guys that are still available at wide receiver. So because they didn't go wide receiver in round one, there's a ton of guys still available in round three. Then you go to corner. Jake, if the Chargers want to get the Chargers want to get aggressive at corner and somehow trade up to round two, Jake, my CB four, five, six, eight, nine, and ten are all available still. Andrew Booth, Kobe Bryant, Roger McCreary, Jermaine Waller, Alante Taylor, and Darian Kendrick all Alante in my Taylor, top ten. Alante Taylor would be such a perfect fit, and I forget all, where you had Marcus Jones ranked. He was in an honorable mentions. I think I had him as twelve. I would love it if he fell to 79. I would yeah. absolutely love it. And I think just solely based on height, he may fall that that far. But and how about Kyler Gordon, the other Washington kid? Like, I don't think I don't think he's, he's not gonna, gonna be there. Again, a lot of these are not to trade up for. But then but then you have a defensive line. The only only two guys on my list went yesterday. Phil Mathis, Travis Jones, Perrin Winfrey, John Ridgeway, Marquand McCall, all are still there. Matt, like John Ridgeway? I would take somehow Perrin Winfrey still there. Phil Mathis, like, yes, please. So a ton of guys still there. And again, like, obviously, we're only one day through the draft. But I think them going Zion Johnson in the first round, I think opened the door to us being able to still go BPA in the next round. If yes. they didn't go offensive line in round one, like, they had to go Do in round in the two. Third round. They had to. There's no way. You can't go into the offseason with or into the season with two open spots in your offensive line. You just can't. Yep. Um, so is there like what's your feeling like going into day two? Are you feeling like nervous? Are you feeling excited? Do you feel like um, do you feel like pumped given what we just saw in, in round one? Like what's your appetite like for this day? Uh, you know, getting going to get a gig. Uh, Having to get through round two is going to be tough because I can already sense who I know is going to be coming off the board, especially with who's available. Um, one of my favorites, who I had originally predicted to go to Tampa Bay in the first round, is probably going to go when the 33 pick is announced at the start of round two, and that's Travis Jones to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. But that's my gut telling me that. One of my favorite prospects in this draft. But then you get into that, Dan, as we were saying, Christian Watkins is still available. <laughs> Sky Moore is still available. George Pickens is still available. You know, Chicago needs a wide receiver. You know, all these teams that passed on their wide receiver in the first round is definitely going to target them in the second. No question about it, the way that this wide receiver group is. So I would have to say if I'm truly relying on the positions I have the most confidence in, if the Chargers are not able to trade up in the second round, which I just I don't believe that they will do, uh, I would probably have to say between defensive tackle, corner, and edge would be the three that I would edge. really say would be the good possibilities of being there as far as value goes and and uh, and player player name obviously. Yeah, I, I think I think value probably to me probably interior defensive line. I think you're going to see a lot of guys there that you could probably get for some value. Um, honestly, corner too. I think there's a lot of guys at corner that you could still take that I. In my eyes, I'm way higher on than other people. Um, mm -hmm. So, and again, like the Chargers already have JC Jackson, Michael Davis, not Samuel Jr. Like they, they've got guys. Yes. So, do they need a CB1 or CB2? No. 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 
But Dan, what I was telling you also, I mean, I, I, it's funny, I already just forgot the three positions that I said that were possibilities of being there at 79. Uh, the, aspect of, the aspect of receiver, because we were talking about this prior to the draft, much like the Chargers spent three out of their last four picks last year investing in the offense, I definitely see that as a good possibility of that shifting today with one exception. Because this wide receiver class is so deep, and again, depending on who's there, even though I predict that a lot of them are going to come off in the second round before the Chargers have an opportunity here. If a Cal Austin is there, you <laughs> should be very, very happy if the Chargers target is indeed wide receiver. And then after that, the rest of the draft should be nothing but defense. Last question before we get out of here. We've got to start prepping again for day two, which can't wait. Uh, is there a prospect or two? that you would be excited for the Chargers trading up for? Trading up for? You're saying trading up into the second round? Is that what you're trying to get me to say? Trying to or, engage me in some trade-up talks that yeah, Jake Hefner yeah. is traditionally always against? Generally, you're opposed to trade-up, but there are some guys that, holy shit, if we pick them, dream come true. I mean, any of the top wide receivers that are still on the board, first off, I would be surprised if they would trade up that far to grab one of them. Um, again, the Chargers aren't really hurting for a number one guy anywhere. Let's just or remember two. this. There are names like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams that still exist on this team. Okay, You're not looking for that number one guy. And you're not the Green Bay Packers organization that for some reason you still didn't take a wide receiver in the first round. 20 so. years! What the hell, man? What the hell? So the Chargers are not in that bad of a scenario to where they're going to, they would have to make a move like that. So I personally just think they're going to be patient. They're going to let the ball, the board fall to them at 79. Maybe they make a slight trade up once around three starts. I could see that as more of a possibility than trading all the way back up in round two. But again, there's a lot of different ways to go, and the Chargers can play this BPA game through the next two days because you're filling out depth. You could still get good value depending on how the board falls to you, and it's basically pick your choice of which position you want to fortify round by round. So if, so if it was you, let's make sure I hear this correctly. If it was you and they did trade up, it would you would prefer it be receiver or you don't want it to be receiver? I mean, I would be, I would be surprised if it was receiver. I would think if there was one thing that they would truly go after to really fortify the pieces for Justin Herbert. And especially the one big thing outside of defensive tackle that we've been saying since the end of the season that they need, which obviously they fortified a lot of that in the off season. They, we said that they needed speed and they needed yak on wide receivers. As far as need goes, that's the only other one as far as need goes that makes sense. So if they got that aggressive to do that, I'd be surprised, but it would also make sense for what it is that they're doing. But again, this is a deep wide receiver class. You may not have to. Yeah, I would say wide receiver, but also corner. Those are the two positions, knowing Brandon Staley and how much he puts importance on the secondary. If there's some guy that's falling and Brandon Staley sees him as like that guy, uh, like imagine if Kobe Bryant starts falling to like the mid end of second round. And you got and you give up your third and fifth. Hell, third, fifth, sixth. I'd do it in a heartbeat. You have two other six, four other sevens. Why not? 
Give him four sevens and a six for a co- yes. I'm just so corner wide receiver probably the two uh, positions. All right, Jake, so you're calling it. You think that it's going to be Travis Jones, the first pick of the second round. Travis Jones is one. Logan Hall is the second. Okay. How many receivers, excuse me, receivers, how many quarterbacks are going to go in well, round sorry, two? Let me, let me rephrase that because I just realized that it wasn't specified. Travis Jones is my number one person that I think will be selected. If that doesn't happen, then it should be Logan Hall as the second option. Not necessarily that they're going in that order. <laughs> ah, okay. Okay. And uh, one, one quarterback went in round one. How many are going day two in total? Day two. So Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Seattle. What if Seattle ended up with Charles Cross and came right back around in the second round without having to do anything, anything. and was able to get Malik Willis? I mean, that would be or a whole run for them. A Desmond Ritter. I could see Atlanta being in the quarterback mix today, given that they didn't take one at eight. So you definitely could see the value make more sense there. Um, I'll say at least two you said that, that, that go off the, the board in this second round. I, you know, the, the one thing I will say is you know, for the quarterback, I could totally see teams trading up into the second round to go get a quarterback now. Like first round, no way. It just seemed like it would be too rich, which clearly it was. One team got him and they stayed put. But now, like you'll trade up in a second round for a quarterback. Second round, they're getting paid pennies compared to the first round. So like, I could totally see some action going for some, some of those quarterbacks now. Um, Jake, we made it. Day one in the books. Day two, round two, round three, all happening. We'll be doing our recap on that as well. Uh, anything else you want to tell the great people of Chargers Nation before we head out of here and get ready for day two? I'll say the same thing that I told Alex when we got off the show yesterday, that hopefully when we come back on here, well, it'll be with a smile on our face to say that we got a great player to add to this team. And we did it in day one. We're hoping for the same in day two. Zion Johnson, your newest Los Angeles Charger. One of the smartest guys in the room and one of the most important draft picks for this team. Because, look, Justin Herbert is that important and the offensive line is fortified. Until next time, you can find Jake Hefter and his backwards hat at Jake T. Hefter on Twitter. Myself at Chargers Homer. LAC underscore Unleashed is the podcast handle. Again, subscribe anywhere you find podcasts. Give us a like, review, and we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you on the other side of day two, the NFL Draft.